I identify as a Catholic. Ryan identifies as a Catholic. Nick um, identifies as a Catholic. And so we don't have the whole story and we're just speaking from our own point of view. I know that our listeners can be on a wide range of different um, faith journeys, um, have different faiths. Maybe they, they don't have um, a religious belief, but they're spiritual, you know, could run the gamut. Um, so I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, we're speaking from our point of view. It's Ryan speaking from his point of view um, as uh, practicing Catholics. I, I'm going to have to start this introduction over because I just got a notification that the host too. upgraded the meeting. So I got distracted by that. That's <laughs> okay. Thank you. Previously on Point of Due. I was going to say I applied for a job and I'm not going to get it. So Nick, do you have some news to share? So as you just heard on our first episode, I said that I was not going to get that job and I didn't. No, I'm kidding. I did. Um, And I'm very happy. Um, I started on Monday and it has been the most wild week of my life, honestly. Um, My first day of work, I go in and I was training. um, And the first day went well, whatever. As I'm leaving, I get a call from my friend Taylor. And they said, can you be in New York City on Wednesday? And I all but said no, because I was like, I'm, I just started this job. Like, I don't know what I'm going to, like, I I don't think I can get it like that would look horrible for me to get it off. It's I have only done completed one day and they were like, you should probably come anyways. Um, And I, I, for reference, my friend Taylor works at Born This Way Foundation where I interned um, over last summer, summer of 2020. Which is Lady Gaga's charitable foundation. Yes. For mental health. So I was like, why, what am I missing? Honestly, I don't really want to know because like I can't come. And they were like, um, they couldn't, there were, there are some parts that I still can't talk about because they were, there was an NDA required. Um, but basically, uh, Tony Bennett, who's 95 years old with advanced Alzheimer's did a concert with Lady Gaga on the third and the fifth in New York city at radio city music hall. It was his final show, um, before he retired. And I was invited to the show and to hang out with the, Born This Way Foundation team, and the the show was free. Um, Well, I guess they paid for it, Um, which was really, so I basically, I just went into work the next day, and they were like, Taylor couldn't tell me everything, but they were like, "You, you should probably come. Hey, welcome back to Point of Do. I'm Justin. I'm Nick. On this episode, we invite our good friend Ryan DeVilliers to talk about what he really does for a living as an engineer. We talk about our individual faith journeys and do a deep dive into the Ignatian value of discernment. And finally, we end off with discussing our experiences with the COVID-19 pandemic. Justin, let's talk about things from our, wait for it, point of view. Basically, like there's a lot happening so 
I got to go to two shows. Um, I wait, 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 back. Hold on, can I stop you right there? Yes, so you you did go to New York. I went to New York. Yes, you went to New York, and I didn't know about this. Oh my god. Okay, so yeah. you went to New York. You went so, to the Radio City Music Hall shows. Yes. Two. I, yes. Um, I told my supervisor because there was a. I mean, I also got to meet the team and like hang out with the team that I worked with all summer just right. virtually. So this was the first time I got to meet them in person. Everybody was extremely nice, like extremely nice, nicer than you can even imagine. Okay, so obviously, so everybody who knows me in real life knows how special Lady Gaga has been to me in the past, for the past 12, almost 13 years. So of course I had to go. Um, it was everything I could have imagined and more the team like I said was so nice and I really just have to thank Taylor because they made all of this happen on a whim and I they helped I mean they helped me with you know scheduling they helped me with COVID uh, testing they just everything I could have possibly needed they were there to help me with and made the whole trip possible and made it more than I could have ever imagined so thank you Taylor and Thank you, Tony and Lady Gaga for an incredible show and, and the entire Born This Way Foundation for an incredible three days. Um, but uh, so I basically went into my supervisor and I was like, and this was right after we had just talked about um, paid time off. And I was like, oh, you don't even have to worry about it. I never take time off. Like literally I've worked at the same restaurant for six years. I've called in once and she was like, oh, haha, that, okay, cool. And then the next day I'm going and I'm like, hey, so this is like the opportunity of a lifetime. No is an acceptable answer. But I was invited to this event, which I, I haven't even said like the coolest details because I can't say them for a few months. I will say some of my friends um, got to be on the stage, like sitting at tables on stage, which I could have potentially done, except for the fact that the morning before the second show, I got a call from my work, the the one that I just um, accepted the position saying that I was exposed to COVID on Monday morning. Um, so yeah, so I'm in New York City with, and I'm, I'm honestly, after the story, I'm just gonna shut up. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting that this is a podcast. When Nick right. said I was exposed to COVID on Monday, my mouth just literally made an O and I, my jaw dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, so I'm literally with Born This Way Foundation team and I'm like, um, so like, yeah. So I I've, I had to go get tested. I've been tested four times, but I couldn't sit on stage. But both both of the performers were incredible. Um, so that was how my week went. We're going to start this whole job thing. We're giving it a second go this week. I just got home and it, it went well. So I'm now I'm done. I'm going to just no wonder you? why you're no wonder why you're tired. Yes, I'm exhausted. Oh my gosh. Wow. You've done a lot of traveling the last week that I had no idea even occurred. Yes. Um, and you almost got COVID. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been tested four times and they've all come back negative. Well, that's so, good. But, you know, yeah. COVID scares, that'll do it. You know, yeah. that. <laughs> yes. Holy crap. Wow. That's so cool. It was, yeah, it was a really fun time. I'm probably Did missing details, but I'll tell. I'll, You'll get did you get to that. talk to like you didn't get to talk to her or anything no um there were so like cute so moments. close right um you I was close in the first the first night the second one I wasn't so much oh I have a funny okay I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking we can edit this out um but somebody was on it was a no phone event and somebody literally is on their phone in the front row and people are like who the hell is on their phone it was Bill Clinton <laughs> what <laughs> 
Nick, so my question to you now is when are you going to join that class of celebrity and you're going to leave me in this podcast? I mean, I thought we were both already in that class, but. <laughs> I feel like you're rising up in the ranks. And no, I'm being... no, no, no. No, I'm just kidding. I'm completely just kidding. But like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm starstruck. I'm starstruck and I wasn't even there. It was. That's, that's so cool. It was, so it was cool. really cool. Um, But I'm, I'm done now. How are you? I mean, I feel like anything I have to say just doesn't even compare i mean true. let's see what did i do last i mean let's see last week um i don't know last week was good um the birthday celebration thing that i i did i don't know it wasn't really a celebration more of like a small get together but that was really nice um you were there our guest for this episode surprised me and was there um but yeah, I, that was good. Then I spent the week um, at Stonehill College doing, um, leading a retreat with my former high school. That was really life-giving. Um, um, that was really great. And then this weekend, I saw The Suicide Squad, which was an interesting movie, I'll say. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but um, let's just say DC is very different from Marvel superhero movies. I don't know if you've watched any superhero movies, Nick, but I don't know. I think the way that they tell stories is very different. Um, and the types of movies they do is different, which is fine because they're two different companies and, you know, they only get compared because they're both comic book companies that are now doing TV and movies. But I don't know. I saw it with my dad, which we're very into those types of movies. And it was, it was an interesting experience, but yeah, I'm still like, I'm glad you didn't tell me during the week. So, so for those listening, Nick, kind of comes up with things during the week about like and he's like oh yeah I'll pinpoint this I'm going to tell this during the podcast so like this entire week like you know I'm not saying our friendship is faltering because Nick doesn't tell me his secrets anymore no I'm just I'm just kidding but but Nick doesn't share things in his life as they're happening now because he saves them for the podcast which is great because he's got more well and last year last week too with the whole like Michael story like now nah, I'm not going to tell you what happened you know so it's like <laughs> I just feel like you having to fake a reaction would not be as no and I appreciate it I absolutely appreciate it I just think it's it's and I yeah I don't blame you at all I think you know it's funny that you it's great that you do that and you have yeah. way more going on in your life than you do mine apparently, well, I do in mine, apparently. that was my last hurrah <laughs> and you're, you're out of PTO for the next what five years now yeah literally yeah <laughs> literally um, also, I can. This is actually really funny, but I was in the hotel lobby when I was FaceTiming when we were planning the marketing. I was wondering movie. where you were. Oh. I, had a, I had a merch shirt on, and it said the dates, and I was like trying to cover it. Not That's that- why you were like you were neck up. Yes, that makes sense. Well, as I mentioned, we have a special guest in this episode. Um, you know, Nick and I just spoke about PTO. This is a conversation that I have with this person for some reason a lot. I guess it's because he lives so far away. Um, this particular person I've referred to as my multi-purpose friend. Um, in June of this year, he started a position at Champion Technology Services Incorporated as an automation engineer. He is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He just graduated Loyola University of Maryland, summa cum laude, with a bachelor's of science in engineering with a concentration in electrical and computer engineering. He's a car enthusiast and St. Ignatius of Loyola enthusiast. He almost forgot about today's podcast recording, and I don't do recreational math, but when I need to, I know who to call. Everyone, this is Mr. Ryan DeVilliers. 
Hello, everybody. Uh, what a wonderful introduction. <laughs> yes, I did almost miss the uh, the podcast for today for the sole purpose that I've been trying to move into an apartment for the past two weeks. Um, and to say that it's it's crazy is an understatement, uh, but I probably won't get into that on today's episode. But thank you, Justin and Nick, for having me on the show today. Thanks for being here. I, I'm glad you appreciated that that introduction. I did. It was great. It was great. You got your every nail every, was hit. I mean, I don't even know how to introduce myself anymore because it's like those things are true. Turn um, moving on. <laughs> I think you should print that, make it your new resume. Agreed. I just print all of that. I'll be like, hi, my name is Ryan. My name you is can Ryan. Read the rest. <laughs> I almost forgot the podcast today. Oh, wait, this is a almost business. Said, that's the wrong, wrong. <laughs> this is a business. Catch that up. Um, yeah, but so Ryan, you've been moving in. Um, that's been a process. Um, yes, yes, it has. <laughs> to to paint a little bit of a picture, this is just one factor in what Ryan's kind of been dealing with, and I can let him touch on it a little bit too. But he is from an a town just outside of Baton Rouge, which people sometimes confuse. New Orleans is not the capital of Louisiana. Baton Rouge is. Um, so he's moving from a town just outside of the city to an apartment in the city and he has a storage unit that's on the other side of his town so what it's about an hour commute from the from the it's storage about unit 45 minutes to an hour it depends on traffic like the worst thing about Baton Rouge is like it's the only fun fact it's the only the interstate that runs through is called I10 or I12 and I10 is the only interstate in the United States that goes down to one lane and it happens right after the Mississippi River bridge that crosses the Mississippi River so um, yeah, traffic's not great. Talk Let's about bottleneck. Oof, tell me about it. Um, you get to know other drivers. We just get out of the car, say hi. Not really, but you know. <laughs> Is it if you were in La La Land, it would. But. What'd you say? What'd you say, Nick? Is it one minute or one way, forty-five minutes long? Uh, yes, one way, forty-five minutes long. Yikes. So I think Boston traffic is bad, but oof. I mean, I tell you, Baton Rouge traffic is, it's, uh, well, Baton Rouge is like difficult because like Boston's like a city, like Baton Rouge is like, it's a city, but it's not really, it's like completely spread out. Like if a bulldozer ran over and it's like, oh, look, Baton Rouge is just <laughs> filled over into like sub categories. I've been told to turn my mic down. So my apologies. That's an interesting comparison or description of your city. Um, and I feel like, okay, first things first, we should give you some opportunity to defend yourself in the first episode i called you um or nick or did i did one of us called you um you know you're training to become one of santa's elves because neither of us did, could do a justice of what an engineer does so maybe our first question is um what do you do for a living let us all know <laughs> um, so what i've I lived do... with you for three years and i still don't know <laughs> well i mean it's an interesting point because a lot of what they don't tell you when you go to school is what you can do after you become an engineer. Um, so as an electrical engineer, you can do many different things. I'm, an, as Justin mentioned earlier, and I'm, auto, I'm an automation engineer. Um, and basically my role or responsibility is um, doing a lot of the automation work for, um, in Louisiana specifically, chemical plants and refineries. Um, that's just who the clients are of my company. Um, and so I do, automation work for them. So I make sure that, you know, when someone, an operator pushes a button or touches a thing on a screen that it actually does what it's supposed to do. Um, more or less, that's what I do as an automation engineer. You can also 
Um, automation engineers also work in the robotics field. So if you've ever heard of Boston Dynamics, um, though, or just robotics in general, they use, you know, they work with automation type things as well. Um, I.e. like um, Imagineering, which I have an identical twin brother named Colin DeVillier. Boom, name drop. He's going to be in the next episode. Not really, but he's going to be one and hopefully. Oh, um, I didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> I'm just giving you options is what I'm giving you. I can name drop so many people. Um, well, this is in episode five, so if you're listening, we're still holding your spot for you. <laughs> yeah, you don't get Trump just because I said Colin's name. Um, <laughs> but no, so Imagineering is another like, you know, automation style like robotics type thing so you can do a bunch of different things as an electrical engineer i'm just an automation engineer and i think it would be cool to be one of santa's elves because i get to watch you know build the things that bring children joy so you know while it's not what i do it's what i think everyone should aspire to do is make children happy or just make people happy boom can i say can i amend what you just said there because you do make children happy because one of kids favorite things to do is push elevator buttons and you just said you make button make things happen when people push buttons so you sir are my hero thank you thank you thank you very much Cheers. and then connection to, to both of those elf the movie elf when buddy presses all the buttons anyway so we should probably move elf. away we should move away from the topic of santa's elves because otherwise <laughs> this episode isn't going anywhere <laughs> yeah, it should be the christmas episode <laughs> <laughs> just save it for december <laughs> film it in <laughs> okay. Film it in August and save it for release in December. (laughs) Um, Okay, Ryan, thank you for that because that 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 gives me clarity of what you do that's for sure and i'm sure listeners as well um <laughs> yes um so ryan and i have been roommates uh we were roommates well kind of a complicated story i guess and how how long we were roommates we were roommates sophomore year for the full year we were roommates junior year, kind of and we were roommates senior year kind of half a senior year for sure because when we weren't back at loyola um we were living in new hampshire together with some other friends um junior year i don't even know how much you would say but i was abroad in the fall and then we were roommates in the spring and then covid hit and so then we weren't roommates and and they were roommates um (laughs) but um it's funny like we we've grown a friendship to the point where people i don't know ryan you can like chime in too but we've grown a friendship where i feel like people are like you only met each other sophomore year. And I feel like people are like, you haven't known each other since childhood. Like it's been interesting kind of how our friendship has developed. No, I, I agree. I mean, we got that like literally like four weeks after you and I first met each other in our apartment. Well, I guess first met each other. Again, we won't talk about the first, the first time we've met each other. Time. I mean, maybe it was at a retreat. So we can say that. Yeah, we, it was at a Jesus retreat we met and I was unwell. <laughs> Oh, I'll leave I it at like, that. Is, it a, is, is there tea? I was like, I want to hear the story. No, it's it. no, not really just, tea. I had vestibular neuritis, story. is the short story. <laughs> I, heard that one. I didn't know it was the same time. Uh, name, name drop. Name drop. Shoot. This is going to be a famous Whatever he just said will be on next week. Just you are, <laughs> I hope Colin and vestibular neuritis are not on next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know that. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we've been friends for, I mean, like three, four years now. 
three, three and a half and some change years now. But it's been yes. great. I mean, it's been fun. I've, I've gone up to visit you in Boston many a time and you've come down to visit me in Louisiana once. So, you know. I know. Oh, my God. We're going to broadcast how much I owe you. Why not? Because now it gives incentive is what it does. So thank you, world, for letting him come see me. I'm working on it. You know what? I'm working, too. And that's why I need PTO. We've come full circle. We've come full Um, circle. Nick, you have a question, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I do. I want to know what it's like, because for the amount of time that I've known you, you've taken school very seriously, as I did too, but I, I think especially you, like, and that was something I always admired, but having gone to school for so long, as we all have, like, probably like 16 years, I would say, yeah, because the 12 years plus college, I'm not really counting preschool, but um what those rigorous years of preschool yeah oh my gosh I took my letters very seriously um (laughs) I want to know like what was it like for you to be to have been a student for 16 years and then it's just no school anymore then you're in you're working a job because I'm in a similar situation and I'm curious to know what you think about it I think there is good and I, th- um, I think there's good and bad to, to having it that way. Um, Justin and I have had this conversation many times about just how do you make, and y'all had it on the podcast, the first episode y'all did is like, how do you make friends outside of, outside of school? Um, you know, that is a legit question that I'm trying to figure out for myself. I mean, in terms of socializing, it's, it's ironic because like when I was in school, I took, I took school very seriously. All of everybody on this podcast knows this. Um, to the detriment, I would say, um, school's not everything. So those of you that are listening out there, just get a degree and you'll be fine. Um, this is coming from an engineering major who worked his ass off to get summa cum laude. I don't know if we can tell That's really cool to hear you say that though. Um, but I missed out, I missed out on a lot of college. Uh, COVID was kind of, uh, you know, got in the way of that and made me realize like, man, I wish I would have done things differently in my sophomore, junior year, but I can't now. And now that I have the time to socialize, all of my friends live across the country and, um, you know, I can't socialize necessarily with my friends who I'd want to. I mean, there's high school friends I'm going to rekindle those friendships with. It's just, uh, it's a crazy world trying to re-navigate that, um, that lifestyle. Um, so on the one hand, it gives me more time, more time to pursue things that interest me. Um, I'm picking up woodworking things. So as I said, I'm moving into an apartment and I'm planning on building a lot of the furniture for my apartment. Um, that's, really that's cool. just, you know, that's great. Something I like doing. Um, I'm also a car enthusiast. So I'm trying to figure out how to go work on cars. Um, you know, so it gives me more time to like look at things and do things in the afternoon. Like I can tell you it's nice coming home from work and not having to be like, what homework do I have? Or on the weekends, like I can get my entire Sunday. Like, you know, I don't have to worry about starting homework, or, you know, that sort of thing. So that's nice. Um, but I mean, there's just, it's a shift because there's a lack of, um, of rigor that you would have in school of like scheduling and you always know what's coming next. And I think the hardest part is you don't know what's coming next. It's I've worked so hard to get to this point. Like everybody talks about childhood dreams. Mine was to either become a priest, which is no longer a dream of mine or become an electrical engineer. Um, I became one and now I don't know what my next dream is. Um, 
And so it, it, it's, uh, it's hard to like shoot for something that you don't know what the next thing is. And I found that to be um, challenging in the mental health area, just because there's nothing to shoot for. And, you know, humans like goals and trying to figure out what those goals are, are challenging now. But I mean, it's been good and bad. So embrace it. I mean, if those of you listening want a job, get a job. I think it teaches you a lot about life that you won't know during college. And if you want to go back to school, go back to school. I mean, life is life and it's too short to be doing things that you hate. So I agree true. with that fully. I think it's really important to do what, like, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about like what brings me joy versus what will give me a paycheck. And I think like, you know, when you graduate college, Nick and I talked a little bit on the first episode becomes, you know, it's, it is a shift, as you mentioned, you know, something like for me, it was like an identity crisis of sorts, you know, like, all right, I was a student for, you know, X amount of years. Now, what am I? Um, but yeah, like, you know, I was just, I was talking to a friend earlier today and they were saying, you know, um, she's working as a, um, a CNA certified nursing assistant. And, um, she was talking with a colleague about, you know, this difference between stresses at, at school and the stresses at work. And they were comparing, you know, what's, you know, what would you prefer, you know, the stresses of work or that you receive at work or the stresses from school, uh, you know, a rigorous school week with two exams that week. And, you know, and they both said <laughs> the stresses of work because from after nine to five and on the weekends, depending on your job, of course, it's over. <laughs> Um, and you touched on, you know, that homework aspect of like, who invented that, honestly, because like, I feel like you're in school for however many hours, and then you're in school for however more hours you want to put into your homework. <laughs> um, I don't know, I just think that's interesting. Um, and, you know, some good insights from someone who's been working, uh, like I mentioned, the introduction since June, um, you know, I'm just starting a part time job, another part time, two part time jobs. Um, Nick's first work week, as we learned in the introduction, wasn't really a first work week. Um, but I think that's, that's some great insight. What did you say? It was 40% of one. 40% of a work week. All right. Not even a majority of a work week. Come on. No. Step it up, Nick. What the heck? Um, <laughs> um, when Lady Gaga calls. You come running. I come running. You come sprinting. Yeah, I, I get on a plane, apparently, at six in the morning. Oh, you flew to New York? You didn't even yeah, bus I, or train? Yeah, no, well, it was just the timing because I had to be there at two. To, like, anyway, in. we're probably boring, Ryan. Ryan, I had a question that um, just knowing you and having you mentioned it in your, your response, um, I know that for a while you were kind of discerning um, the priesthood. And I know that you've been brought up around your grandmother worked in the Archdiocese of Baton Rouge. Um, you have many a mentor who um, are in the ministry field for a living. Um, so I was wondering if I could invite you to just talk a little bit about your spirituality, a little bit about your faith and what that discernment process for priesthood was like. Sure. Um, light topics. Uh, light, I mean, you gotta love deep talk. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Um, my, my interest in the priesthood started when I was in first grade uh, because my twin brother Colin said he wanted to do it. And I was like, why not do that? And um, that kind of was a thing um, I was like, why not, why not do that? Um, and so like, I mean, honestly, growing up in middle school, I was like, yeah, I'll be a priest. And everybody's like, dude, you're like the super Catholic kid. And that sort of business and every teacher was like, oh my God, you want to be a priest? That's really cool. So I was like, you know, getting recognized for like wanting to do a thing no one else likes doing, or it's now kind of like, I don't know, 
because wanting to become a priest 20 years ago is very different than wanting to become a priest now due to modern climate and everything else. Um, but what is the discernment process like? So I officially started a discernment process when I was a freshman in college. Um, I, I, had the, I was blessed with the opportunity to know many a spiritual director, Becky Eldridge and Stephanie Claude Davis, um, two very good friends of mine um, who are trained in the um, spiritual exercises and Jesuit formation, um, have been really good friends of mine for my life, basically. Um, and, you know, I have long talks with them just about what life was like and um, trying to figure out what the call feels like when you want to be a priest. You know, my, my full-on discernment started after a conversation with a friend of mine who was like, Ryan, you should become a priest. And I was like, I don't know about that, but let's give it a shot. So in college, I went go uh, find a spiritual director, uh, Father Thomas Roach at Loyola University, um, okay. who... I, he's the best. He is the greatest. Um, and so I met him freshman year and we basically started sp uh, spiritual direction. Um, and that's how I started. And so that's how those of you that are listening, if you want to, if you're interested in becoming a priest, um, get a spiritual director. Um, and that's not saying that everybody who's becoming a priest has a spiritual director or should have a spiritual director or it's only for priests or, you know, that. Like, I think everybody should have a spiritual director because it's literally talking about how you interact with God and how you and God can have clearer communication or just a better relationship. It's like, it, it, it helps you figure out the, the time that you should put into that relationship because every relationship with your friends is, you need time to do that. So you having a conversation with a spiritual director is literally for me is like, so what are your thoughts on this thing? If you're discerning something, there's all steps, which I'll get involved in because I've done a number of discernment talks. So I started with a spiritual. You're director. you're you're an expert on discernment, right? Is that true? Uh, you know, uh, I can talk about it really well, and I can't do it. <laughs> can you practice it really well? Are you good? Practicing yeah. is hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's not easy. I practice it as best I can, and that's what I think we're called to do. Um, so I started spiritual direction. That's how I first got into it, um, and had conversations with priests and just friends of mine about it. Like, what do you thoughts? Who people have known me for a while, like Justin and I have talked about it a lot. Um, talked about with a bunch of other of my college friends, as well as some of my high school friends, as well as my parents, and you know, just trying to figure out what their take is on on that lifestyle and if it fits what they've watched me do in my life or uh, where God's calling me. Uh, I have to say that I'm more of a personal faith to me is personal, so um, it's, it's it's weird. I love going on retreats. I've done retreats. I used to do five retreats a year, both give and go on them. I don't know, people talking to me about God, I find is different, but I love talking to people about faith from a non, you need to be Catholic. It's like, talk about life and then life and faith are kind of intertwined. That's the best way I can explain that. Um, so yeah, spiritual direction, discernment. What, are, what is it like to discern something? You discern anything in life that has two good decisions as an outcome. This discernment is not, is a religious technique, sure, that was developed by St. Ignatius with the way we, I'm going to talk about it was developed by St. Ignatius. Um, but you, but there are two types of decisions in life. There's good versus bad decisions, or there's good versus good decisions. Good versus bad decisions are the easiest ones. Like, you know, you know what's good and you know what's bad. So do good, don't do bad. Um, there you go. That's it. Um, good versus good decisions are, from, for me, it was, do I accept a job in Baltimore? Or do I accept a job in Louisiana? Both of them are different jobs. Both of them for different companies. Both of them have different pay rates. Both of them 
are in different areas of the country and felt different familiarities and who I'm going to be living with, that sort of thing. Those are the types of decisions you discern. If you're in high school, what college are you going to? If you're in college, what major do you want to do? If you're in a relationship, do you stay in a relationship or do you get out of a relationship? I mean, those are the things that you discern. So what are, the, what are the steps? How is, what is that like? Um, I'll give you the quick ones so I'm not harping on this too much. Um, spiritual direction, pray about it. I mean, in, in the Catholic or Christian line of thinking as you talk to, or in the non-Christian line of thinking, you talk to that who you believe in um, or communicate with or however it is that you engage in the divine or the spiritual um, and, and figure that out and figure it if God or whomever is drawing you towards that thing, um, if you feel called towards that thing or you don't. Um, the next step is to literally write out a pros cons list and figure out what are the good things, what are the bad things, compare the list. Um, pros cons lists are done as a way of taking everything in your head, putting it on paper, but also ranking. Like pros cons lists, there's, these things aren't always equal. Some might be weighted more than others and you have to figure out what that is for yourself. Um, you live the decision. Uh, live the decision as though you've decided for me, as though I've decided to live in Baltimore and do that job, or I've decided to live in Louisiana. And you live it by, you can tell a couple people, like, look, I made this decision, see what their reactions are, see what the conversations are like, or, and then the next week, live another decision. It, living that depends on how much time you have to make a decision. Um, let's see, what did I talk about? Pray, pros, cons, lists, what else? Talk to people, talk to a lot of people, get people's opinions, advice, people who you value, like, those who you hold, hold very near and dear and value their opinion about life, talk to those people. Uh, those were my parents, those are my grandparents, those are my spiritual friends, spiritual directors, et cetera. Um, can, I, can I ask you, so yes. um, at this point in your life, and you correct me if I'm wrong, um, you've kind of gone through the discernment process at least you know, potentially partially, potentially, com potentially completely. Um, in terms of the priesthood, um, where are you now with that process? Um, I've, I've discerned I'm uh, I'm single. Um, I'm trying not <laughs> to be single. Oh, no, I'm just, uh, so Aren't we all. Uh, uh, so I've decided I've discerned right now that being a priest is not necessarily my calling uh, because I wanted to figure out what my engineering career is going to is going to um, bring me. Um, and I and I realized that. That. Being an engineer is, doesn't, I don't have to be coming from a Jesuit university. Being an engineer doesn't mean I have to sacrifice my Catholic values um, about life and helping people. There are other ways for me to pursue that, which I enjoy. Um, and I don't need to be a priest to be able to have deep, meaningful conversations. But I was in the discernment, I was really hard in the discernment process for two and a half years. Um, and just decided I wanted to pursue my engineering world and just lean into that more instead of just you know because freshman year I was gung-ho I was like dude I'm gonna drop out of college and we go into the Jesuits and then my spiritual director was like huh no wait wait because the because Je Jesuits you know that whole process is a long is a long formation process and you have to go through interviews and stuff and they're just like they might not accept you yet because you haven't had life experience which is a very very valid point which I didn't agree with though when I was a freshman but um, I appreciate the wisdom of the Jesuits. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not considering the priesthood as of yet. I still, you know, 
I have a deep love for faith and religion, so that hasn't gone away, but I'm just not there in the discernment process because I'm trying to figure out where God's calling me in the engineering world. And that has its own set of challenges because it's not straightforward. Right. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. My takeaway from that is ladies, Ryan single. No, I'm just hey. kidding. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So you're close by. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. Um, no, but you, you make a lot of good points there. And you know, I've heard you kind of talk a little bit about discernment on and off, you know, in, in formal settings and informal settings. Um, there's something that I mentioned uh, in my introduction that I led a retreat this past week for my former uh, rising seniors from my former high school. Um, and there was a talk at that retreat that um, there was a point in, from that talk that kind of stuck with me. Um, it's uh, God writes straight with crooked lines. And I feel like discernment is kind of that process of what is God's calling for me and what is that, you know, that's him writing straight with all these, what seem to be crooked lines as we're kind of going through it. Like, um, I think practicing can mean different things for different people, at least in my opinion, it does. I agree. I'm practicing. I haven't got it right yet. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say out of the three of us, only one person's actually met God and it's not me. So <laughs> was it me? I don't think it was me. Damn. No, I was just—I <laughs> look like I'm drawing in straight lines, but they're actually really not. Um, <laughs> um, I just wanted to say I was like mesmerized the whole time you were talking, honestly, because I love talking about discernment and Ignatian values. I just love—I love when people talk to me about them. So I'm just like sitting there the whole time, just listening. I really liked one of the things you said. The first thing you said in the first step was like um, in prayer, like looking um, looking to God or looking to who you look to. I liked how you said that because one thing that um, Loyola really um, tried to teach um, and embrace was the idea of um, interfaith. And I really like the metaphor of we're all in different cars trying to go to the same place. Um, so when you said whoever you look to, that was just something I really appreciated. Um, the other thing, oh my gosh, there were like four different things I wanted to say. Um, it's, it's been really cool watching you discern that because we met actually before you and Justin met, which is really weird to think about. We met on the, um, Eumaeus walk, which you, if you want to explain that you can, cause you'd be better at it than me. Um, even though I was supposed to be leading it. Um, <laughs> um, it alludes to a story from the gospels. Yes. Thank you. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think it's been really cool and I'm really happy for you that you were able to um, get to where you are right now through discernment and also leave the door open for further discernment. And um, like you said, the priesthood, if that becomes something you want to do later, I also really resonated with how you talked about keeping your values while being an engineer Um and I, that's something I tend to think about with marketing a lot too, because I think a lot of people think marketing um, is synonymous with uh, deception. And I think it can be, to be honest. And that's something that I don't really like. I don't like about my, where I went um, with my schooling, but I, I never wanted it to be that way. Like, I really believe that you can use marketing to convey a message to actually bring um, value to someone's life. Um, and I think there's a way to do it without being deceptive. Um, so 
I liked how you mentioned that with engineering, because I think sometimes a lot of people are like, oh, it's for the money or you're creating things to sell to people because honestly you make the thing and then someone in marketing sells it, you know, or tries to sell it for you. And then it's, it's capitalism, but you know, I digress. We live in a society. We live in a society. It goes back to the whole thing about like, you know, where, like, where are you being called? And I find that when you're trying, that's a big task to complete. Like, where figure out where you're being called in you know in the catholic faith by god and you know i'm very heavily in that process and this the the rising seniors that i led last week were very much in that process you know they're about to start applying to schools and stuff um one of the things that i've found helpful in discernment and just found helpful in general and trying to figure out where am i being called is paying attention to um my emotions i know it's a weird thing um, I use my forebrain a lot, which is, you know, all the, the cog, cog, like not executive thinking, executive function and all that stuff. But I find that when I'm trying to discern something, I need to pay more attention to my emotions. Like, how does this make me feel what I'm doing? How does this make me feel? Is this stressing me out? Is this um, make me feel, you know, I mentioned that in the introduction that the leading the retreat was life-giving. Um, is that something that I'm being called towards? Um, and obviously being someone who's interested in psychology, emotions are chef's kiss, but <laughs> very, um, I don't know. I, I thought I wanted to add that too. Um, I think another thing, like, yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with you, like figuring out, because I think that, that tells you whether you're not, you're in the right spot or on the right track. Like if you're doing what you're doing and you hate it, um, Yes, if you're doing what you're doing, you don't like it, you can look and do something else. I can tell you that you have to give it some time. So don't be like, I'm two months in my job and I don't like my job. Anyway, um, that was, you know, that could be a statement or not. Um, But um, give it time, I think is one thing. But yes, pay attention to your emotions because that's very valuable. Chef's kiss. Coming from Louisiana, that means a lot because we make good food. I almost added, I just want to say, I almost added to, I couldn't figure out how to word it, but I almost added to your introduction, something along the lines of like, be careful when he's tired, his Cajun might come out. But like, I didn't know how to phrase it and wasn't sure how to like yeah, kind of bring come it out. Shoot, man, shoot. Um, <laughs> you, make a, you make an iconic green bean casserole, I will say. Uh, that probably was the least amount of effort I ever put into any food I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> He just made us all look bad as chefs. Least amount of effort, great green bean casserole. Hey, anyone out there listening, I'm a great cook. So, you know, add that to your list. Um, (laughs) We We totally just distracted you. (laughs) Um, So so I think part to another thing, figuring out what you're called to do is overwhelming. Figuring out why you do what you do is a much, is a hard task, but it's a much more biteable task. and so you're like, what does that mean? So everybody, every company knows what they do, how they do, but few companies know why they do what they do. Um, every company like Apple, Apple knows what they do. They sell computers. How do they do it? They, they, they build them, they build the best computers they can to, for the market. Why do they do it? You know, that's a harder thing to go out in, right? But if you start, um, if you start in and out, like we we are very, like Apple is very focused on the community aspect and engaging people with, within a unified sphere of things. How do they do that? They build um, 
computers that work well together and interface uh, to those users that they target. And what do they do? They just happen to be a computer company. Like, very different mode of appeal, right? And so I love that explanation. I learned that in one of my class. I think it was my marketing class. Right. Simon Sinek has a has a TED talk. So all of what I do is is you know, ministry is all about beg, borrow, and steal. So here is me stealing. Um, so you got to you have to know why you do what you do, and that helps you figure out what you want to do in life. Um, for I recently figured out what my why is. My why is to improve the lives of other people. That's my why. That's why I do what I do. That's why I'm an engineer. That's why I do ministry work. That's why that's why I'm a multi-purpose friend is because um, I do literally, I fix things and other, like freshman year, I got calls all the time from my friends. Hey, look, my air conditioner is broken. My blinds are broke. My chair is broken. I can't get my com computer to work or printer is broken. Like I was literally getting phone calls and just like going and fixing a bunch of things. I fixed doors at Loyola that were broken. Like 2 a.m. after I'm done studying, like, oh, look, this door's off its hinge. Hold on one second, fix the door, move it on with my life. Um, that's what I do. I love improving the lives of other people. Um, so I love talking about faith or talking about life to people just because it's, it's fun to get to know people that way. Um, so figure out why you do what you do and how do you do that, Ryan? Well, that's a great question. So um, you look back at the things that you enjoyed doing when you were a kid. I always enjoyed um, helping my grandmother when she was at the diocese with um, DYB's Dyson Youth Board and, you know, putting on retreats and stuff like that. I love doing that. I love fixing things. I love being around my grandparents while I fix things and my dad. And I was always around. I know I liked cars because I was always around my dad when he was fixing his truck. And when I was in a junior in high school, I actually helped my dad replace a bunch of things on his old truck. Um, so, um, yeah, that's one way to do it. Another way, and this is it makes me sad because I'm spoiling this from my um, is, is how, how you figure out what, why you do what you do is you ask your friends, but you don't ask your friends your why. You ask them, why are you friends? And they can't tell you um, because the thing that controls them, the part of the brain that controls emotion doesn't control the limbic system, which is where you speak. So why are we friends? It's hard for people to put into words, but you can say like, no, 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 like what about me makes us friends? And then after prodding and asking those types of questions, they'll get in, well, you have improved my life, or you've made me a better person. Boom. That's why we're friends. That's part of your why. That's your why. Like those things are your why. And it's another way for you to figure that out. Um, that is my long rant. Figure out why you do what you do. Those of you that are in high school or in life or in college, like figure out why you do what you do, because it is very important to figuring out where you go in life. For those of you who, for those of you who aren't in life though, this is, doesn't apply to you. Right. To those of you who are listening beyond the grave, this is <laughs> this is cool. I mean, tell me how you, as an engineer, I'm very interested to figure out how I can talk to dead people. Um, <laughs> we'll have to know that this was our, that's our podcast. This is a seance. We're having a seance. Um, Ouija boards out. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, Um, so 
if you don't mind, I want to shift gears a little bit. So obviously something that's been kind of going on in the world is the coronavirus pandemic. It affected our senior year, Ryan, it affected um, Nick, your senior year last year uh, or 2019 into 2020. Um, and there's been kind of a rise in cases coming out and um, you know, the Delta variant has kind of been all, all over the place, but, um, you know, I'm, you know, Nick and I are from Massachusetts, which is, you know, different from Louisiana and, um, you know, where you are in the country, Ryan. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, what's it been like the pandemic, including, you know, you, you spent the last semester of senior year at home. So, um, if you could talk a little bit about what the pandemic has been like, uh, where you're from, just so we can hear another perspective. Um, I think that would be really valuable for our listeners. Uh, what's it been like in South Louisiana? It has been rough. Um, I don't know how else to describe the situation. Um, like, you know, prior to the vaccination being a thing, I mean, I guess my experience was like everybody else's for the most part. I mean, it was masks everywhere. We have a really good governor, so I'm really proud of John Bell Edwards. So if you're listening to this, props to you. Um, I was at your inauguration. My spiel, That's John cool. Edwards, is gone. Yeah, I, I did. I helped set up his inauguration. I was one of the Eagle Scouts. Anyway, um, so no, I think I think from that perspective, we've it was it was similar to everybody else's experience. Um, I mean, it was harder for the buy-in of persons within Louisiana to wear masks as much across the country. Um, yeah, and so that has been. On the back end of where we're at now, we have vaccinations, but Louisiana, last time I checked, was uh, 37% vaccinated, fully mm-hmm. vaccinated, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, herd immunity and that sort of thing is 70%. So mathematicians can tell us that those don't equal. Um, so that has a recreational been math person. So I'll the recreational math person, though, that's bad. 37% <laughs> is bad. Okay, there you go. I've done the math for you. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Appreciate um, it, as always. So it's bad. I mean, it's I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's it's rough. We right now we have the most cases we've ever had in Louisiana. Period. I mean, we had like six thousand cases one day, eleven thousand cases. This is Louisiana. This is a smaller state having the same number of cases as like Florida or California were. You know, during some of their spikes, and this is way worse for us. Um, I mean, because of that, the governor has recently come out and said, "Hey, look." not mask mandate necessarily, but like put on masks and that sort of thing, um, which has been good. I mean, I've seen more people putting wearing masks and getting back in that habit, um, not to make a nun joke there, but um, uh, putting on masks, which is great. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. And I wear my mask literally everywhere I go, um, but that's just me just because that's just me. And I think that that should be a lot of people. And I say that because I think wearing a mask, like here's, here's my spiel about COVID. So, and, and life, I guess where I come from in life, life's not about me. The reason why I do a bunch of what I do while I love doing it is life is not about me. I love improving the lives of others, even to the detriment of myself. I don't like detrimenting myself, but I do it in spite of it. Um, unhealthily, I recognize this, we're working on it. Progress is slow, um, <laughs> but life's not, I mean, like life's not about, life's not about you. Like life's not about, it's not, it's not about you. It's about other people. You make it about, you make life about other people and you improve the lives of other people. And that's how people, that's why people are happy. 
So not wearing your mask saying, hey, look, I'm not gonna, it's like, it's not saying you, a mask doesn't do anything is-, is um, Going against the science. Is, is and for, okay, yes, is going against science. And those of you that don't believe a lot of what's going on out there, I'm an engineer and I was, you know, I went to college and I trained in high schools in Louisiana and middle schools in Louisiana. So I'm from here, y'all. I tell you what, I'm from here. Um, <laughs> And like the science, the science states that anything you put in front of your face, if we can all agree that anything you put in front of your face blocks things, that is a true statement because breathe and it won't like breathe and it just and put your hand in front of your face and it blocks things. Things block things. That's how is it. So anything in front of your face helps. So just put something in front of your face. Um, that's that's the simplest you can put it um, because it, it it helps me like it helps me not worry that I'm giving it to somebody else. I'm fully vaccinated and I, I don't want to be the reason that I'm getting other people sick. Right. Like I can't live with that, like knowing that I'm walking around and that there are six hundred seventeen thousand Americans, Americans, six hundred seventeen thousand Americans that are dead. So wear a mask, please, because we have to look at people, places like India, South Africa. Um, those places are struggling because they aren't they don't have the luxury we have as Americans to get the vaccine. And yet we don't want to wear masks because it's my body, my choice. Cause that's an interesting argument that people give out a lot is it's, you know, my body, my choice. I don't have to wear a mask and I'll get sick, but you know, but that's the same reason pro-choice people give about abortions. Yet the majority of Louisiana and Republicans are, you can't say my body, my choice yet Republicans are the, you know, for the majority, um, or those in Republican states have lower vaccination rates um, and are giving the same excuse. It's my body, my choice. And that I would ponder that if that is one of you. Um, yeah. You know. No, I think you, you make you make very good points. And, you know, I think in this country, we kind of sometimes emphasize individual liberty over other things. And I think, you know, it's, it's a question of like, you know, is it individual liberty that we're going to like hold above the well-being uh, of, of the common good or, you know, you know, it, and, you know, people can argue about how that applies to this. I mean, I think you laid out pretty nicely how it applies to this um, pandemic and the situation. And, um, you know, it's just been, it's been a tough situation. I know. And I know we've talked a little bit about you know, frustration with family members, um, friends, and other member people we love, who you know are having thoughts that um, you know aren't necessarily f uh, backed up by facts. Um, and you know, right? Is... I mean, and, and I'm not one to tell, like, to go up to them, and I'm not to one to go tell right. anybody right. that you're wrong. But when it comes to the you you making choices that affect the lives of people I care about. I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna protect my own because God help you if you're gonna walk in unmasked visiting my great grandmother because you know we gonna have some conversation and some words because that's my you know that's my 92 year old great grandmother who I'm love with all of my heart and you know I want her to see this through I want her to see my twin brother graduate and I want her to you know experience life um, anyway that's my spiel. So just please, everybody out there, just, just wear a mask and, and get vaccinated. I understand that there are concerns out there of the vaccination rates, but there are a lot of people that have been got, have gotten vaccinations with few side effects. Um, you know, um, FDA approval is, Dr. Boucher said, within 
couple of weeks on the horizon. Yeah. On the horizon is soon. So, you know, please get vaccinated. Um, if it's, if that's too much to ask, please wear a mask. And that shouldn't be too much to ask. So just either wear a mask or get vaccinated. Please, for me, for the person that you're listening to that you don't know personally or probably don't know personally, please, as a, as a non-medical uh, professional and as an engineer, uh, wear a mask. I mean, I can say still, like, I, I hate when people are like, oh, I, I, for the same reason that you just said, like, oh, it's my choice to not wear a wet mask. And it's like, yes, that is true. It, right now, it is your choice to not wear a mask. And you have, I guess, the right not to. But just, I just like to, like, just think about why people are asking you to wear a mask. It's not, and I guess I'm just reiterating what you said, but it's not a um, suppression of freedom. It's literally just like the reason we are wearing masks is to make this go away sooner. That is what we're trying to do to make it go away sooner and to protect other people. And really it's a sign of respect for other people, whether you believe it or not. And like the science is there. I'm no scientist, but the science is there. Masks work, the vaccine works and herd immunity is a thing. But when you don't wear a mask, it's just like, it just baffles me. I don't know. I, 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 I digress, I guess. And, and it's something too, like, I think people sometimes some people think we're done with the pandemic, and I think that's from point of place of privilege because if you're from someone a community where the pandemic is not really hitting hard or you know, where whatever, the, the, this pandemic is not over. The Delta variant is true. Actually, I was reading an article that the Delta Plus variant is now going around and the Lambda variant is now spreading. So this thing is far from over, and you know I could go into an explanation of why you know what virus mutation is and you know when that happens and what that means for whatever but like being not being vaccinated and having a great population that isn't vaccinated allows for the virus and gives a higher likelihood for the virus to mutate and like i said if you think that the pandemic is over and we can continue our lives where they are i mean nick we're from a state that is, Ryan mentioned Louisiana's, um, you know, majority Republican. We're from a very democratic state in Massachusetts. We have 64% um, vaccination rate. And, you know, there are businesses now who are thinking about reinstating, you know, at least for their own business, wearing a mask. So this pandemic is far from over. And Ryan mentioned, there are parts of the world that don't have the luxury of the amount of vaccines um, to distribute. India being a huge um, example of a country with a large population that doesn't have enough vaccines and the pandemic is raging. So, you know, being American, or not being American, but being living in the United States um, or in a um, place where vaccines are readily available and, um, you know, the, we don't see the effects of the pandemic, you know, in, we're recording this in August of 2021. Um, that's a privilege. And we just need to think about our brothers and sisters around the world who don't have that privilege of being able to say the pandemic is not here anymore. And I would also say here too, because there are, I feel like this has to be said, um, there are people who are immunocompromised or don't have access right here, like in Boston, who right. don't have access to the vaccine. Like, yes, it's free. Um, and yes, there's public um, transportation, but it, 
it still doesn't negate the fact that it is harder for some people to get than others. And for those um, who can't get vaccinated because of their health conditions. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I will be starting to go, I mean, I was wearing a mask in New York. Um, I wore a mask all when it was mandated. I think it's going to be probably mandated again. And as much as I obviously like nobody wants, that's the other thing. No one wants to be wearing a mask. Like it's, yeah. this is not something that we're doing for fun. Um, but I would just encourage people to to do it just out of respect and care for everybody else. I would also just like to say that something that frustrated me in 2020, being someone who studies science, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I was a biology and a psychology major. This pandemic is not a political issue. Yes, it's it's a, it's a health issue, a public health issue, but that does not mean that it's a political issue. Unfortunately, it's become that, you know, you, you know, not being vaccinated and wearing a mask, they don't have to correlate along party lines. You know, it's, it, and, it, they sh- and to be honest, they shouldn't be. Um, and so, I don't know, that's just a frustration that I've had with this pandemic too, is how political coming out of a pandemic and taking steps to kind of heal ourselves and, you know, be able to come out of a you know worldwide emergency have become so political and come so polarized when it's it's a human issue we want to advocate for human life we want to advocate for um you know just the well-being of every single person who walks this earth and it's just been really frustrating but um do either of you have any final thoughts if we kind of as we kind of close off this episode I feel like we can start a hashtag that's like hashtag keep Greek letters in sororities, you know, instead of lambda and, and instead like of, delta. Instead of like COVID, we can, we, we can get the college vote here if we're doing politics. Keep Greek letters in Greek societies, and then I mean, I think I think that's a great campaign. I I'm gonna run for some office. You need something catchier than that, but I think you can get. I think Ke- I, like wow, the I idea. thought that was really catchy. Damn. Keep- okay. It's a just wordy. Keep Greek letters in Greek societies. <laughs> it's like keep Christ in Christmas. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's the except although, they mean completely different things. Although the whole Xmas thing was started by Roman Catholics, right? Wasn't it a? It, it's a Greek. It's the key. I've never heard. This. I, I know. About I've never I'm ninety-nine percent positive. I'm I'm ninety-nine percent positive that it was still a religious symbol. Um, but then I, I mean, when, when it becomes, you know, secular, I feel like this can be the fun fact part. (laughs) I'm pretty, no, I'm like 99% positive that it's supposed to be a key. Like, I think I, to go back, I think the road to Emmaus is actually the story of the first mass because they have the liturgy of the word. I'm getting real Catholic here, the liturgy of the word. And then they ate a meal together. And that was the liturgy of the Eucharist, like boom, first mass. What else do I know about fun facts? I always thought the X and Xmas was like the cross that that's why they called it christmas like not that's why they called it christmas that's why that like symbol like was the short version of christmas because it was like an x is like a cross but i guess you call it Timus. i don't know I, this is not like... we'll come yeah, up with the answer that. on the next we'll, we'll, we'll come up with the answer on the next. anyway um <laughs> ryan i want to thank you um for being our guest in this episode it's always a pleasure being able to talk to you um you always have so much wisdom to share for me. Um, and I think our, our audience um, is really going to appreciate, you know, 
your perspective on things, your perspective on life. I know I have, Nick, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure you enjoy Ryan too. I don't know. Was that? I, do. <laughs> I mean, I'm I still do. a person, but I feel like you. a thing now. <laughs> but in, in all sincerity, um, Nick, in all sincerity, Ryan. <laughs> Nick, we've loved having you. I think I'm replacing <laughs> Thank replaying. you so much. <laughs> Tag out. Um, <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, good luck with the moving process. It's it's I know it's been strenuous. Um and uh I don't I don't imagine this will be the last time I'll be on, but thank you for your time. I hope not. And it has been a, a real pleasure. Um and I think Justin, you'll have an email for this podcast. So if like you have like questions or like want to reach out, like I'm an open book. So Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Ooh, Instagram slash of or I made this we'll right. thing and we'll I can't right. even at point <laughs> underscore of underscore do underscore podcast. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard that. If you need or want to talk to me, use any of the five that I just listed. Any of the things. Or you can send us a message. Said. Or you can send us a message on our website, anchor.fm slash point of view, and we'll make sure Ryan receives that. Ryan also has a podcast, shout out. It's called Deep Waters. It's me and my brothers talking about movies. We haven't posted one in a long time, but we're getting there. So Star Wars, if you like Star Wars. You, you can find that. You received your podcasts. Um, anyway, once again, Ryan, thank you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Good night, y'all. Time to say goodbye.